was a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him. When he saw him, he felt compassion, came to him and bandaged up his wounds, poured oil and wine on his wounds, and he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and he gave to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I return, I'll repay you. Then Jesus asked the question, which one of these three do you, uh, do you, uh, prove, do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who had fell among the robbers? And the uh, young lawyer said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, go and do the same. This is probably the best known parable of the, what, 40? 40 parables, is that what they have? It's the best known parable in the church, among church folks and outside the church. Folks that are outside the church, they, they're familiar with, with this parable. We have hospitals that... that are named after the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan. Uh, a lot of organizations that meet the needy's needs. They, 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 these organizations, many of them have the, have the Samaritan in their in, in their name. And, but and as, as 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 this parable is probably the best known parable, I think it's probably the most misunderstood parable. Uh, this parable is really not about doubling the food stamps. It's not about putting more folks on welfare. Uh, the heart of this passage is, as the other parables, it's about evangelizing. Uh, and so let's, let's, let's unfold this and let's see that it, it, what the central truth is. The question was, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? It reminds you of John chapter 3, doesn't it? Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, what do, I, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him, you've got to be born again. Uh, and, and so this is a, a, a parable that relates to that chapter 3 and uh, I think Ben has been doing some thinking. Is he known to be a thinker? But he, he, he has been, he, he, we've been doing parables on Wednesday night for several weeks. And he's been preaching on evangelism, winning the lost, reaching the neighbors uh, on Sunday morning. And all of these parables that we have dealt with thus far uh, when we've been able to be here on Wednesday night, uh, has to do with uh, uh, evangelism. Uh, the last time I was privileged to preach, it was the ten virgins, five that were prepared, five that were not prepared, that they needed to 
They, they needed to, to, to become a believer, a follower. Uh, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And uh, that's, a, that's a question that the young man answered. And, and Jesus said, well, you, you have answered well. Uh, this was not a, a lawyer, as my translation has, calls him a lawyer. He was not a part of the Morgan & Morgan law firm. Uh, neither the, uh, what is it, the uh, Flora, Flora Templeton Stewart, is that it? She, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't work for her. Uh, nor the Crocker Law Firm. Uh, we're all familiar with those, but he, he was not a, not a lawyer. He was a scribe. This man was an authority in the Scripture. He probably had the first five books of the Bible memorized. He, he, he was a student of the law of Moses, all that Moses wrote. So he, he, was, he was very familiar with, uh, with Scripture. He knew, uh, he, he knew what, what, what the Word said. And he said, well, the Word tells us in Deuteronomy and in Leviticus that we're, we're to have perfect love toward our neighbor, and our Lord. Folks, I'm challenged with that, aren't you? I, I love you, but not perfectly. Uh, I have a tendency to love those that are more like me than I do those that are not like me. We had a family that's moving in across the street from us. Uh, this neighbor that moved out, sold his home, and, and when we started over to church tonight, we saw three kids out in the yard, three little girls. And so I just stopped the truck and went over to speak to them. And uh, I found out that that family is not from Mississippi. Uh, they're from Bosnia. Can you believe that? And... Uh, and I, I, but I, I know that, you know, I, we've got to connect. Uh, I met the dad and, uh, and uh, just visited with him. Uh, he, he's our neighbor, uh, but I, 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 I'm honest with you, I, I can connect with those that are more like me than I can those that are not more like me. But we, we, we can't limit ourselves. God says that we're to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And I could ask you, do you love me like you love yourself? Uh, God tells us that we're to do that. We're to love God. I do love him. But I, I tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't love him like I want to love him. And I know that I don't love him like I ought to love him. I've tried to walk with him for 60 years, but uh, I've not always had that perfect walk. But, but, but this young lawyer, this young scribe was so, so on target when he said, hey, I, I, I'm supposed to love the Lord with all of my heart. So Jesus said, well, let me, let me tell you a story. When he asked Jesus a very sharp question, 
Again, this guy was gritty. He asked Jesus, well, well who is my neighbor? Who, who, who is my neighbor? You may have a different description of my neighbor as I have. He was probably like some of us, love folks that are like us, but hard to love those that are not like us. But Jesus made this very real. He knew that that young scribe knew the path from Jericho up to Jerusalem. And he said that there was a, a man that was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho. It's about 17 miles. Uh, there's about 3,500 feet drop in that 17 miles. Jerusalem is above sea level, Jericho's below, and, and uh, it's a small, narrow path. Uh, very rugged. We had the privilege to go there a few years ago. And, uh, and they had carved out a small road, and the bus went down there, and it, 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 was, it was rugged. So Jesus told this story about this, about this guy. Uh, the name of that road is, is uh, Bloody Path, the Bloody Path. And, uh, and, and, and Jesus said that there was a man walking down there, and, and, and this happened every day. A man was walking down there, and, and, and he saw he saw a, a man that had been beaten. And, uh, and this one man that he called the priest that, 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 that went there, he, 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 didn't, he didn't approach that guy. He, uh, he went on the opposite side. He didn't even get close to him. He had zero concern for that guy. He was in a position where he knew that he ought to take care of him. He was a man of the cloth. He stood in the temple and talked. But he didn't want to defile himself. If he defiled himself, he had to be purified, go through the role of purification before he could get back into the temple to do his working there. Uh, he thought probably that this man maybe was trying to fox him and maybe there wasn't anything wrong with him at all and, and when he went over to help him that he would, he would be attacked. We really don't know what went through his mind. Well, they didn't anything go through his mind because this is just a story. So, <laughs> but, but, but you can imagine what, what must have happened and and, and so he, he, he just, he, he, took, he got out of there. He, he represents the self-righteous system. Those that don't want to help, don't want to get involved in any needs. There was a second man, uh, a Levite. He was of the tribe of Levi, and 
he, he, he was also a worker in the temple, but he was not a preacher. He wasn't, he wasn't an ordained man like Ben. He was, he was a guy like me that just got to, no, he didn't, he didn't even teach. But uh, he worked in the temple, taking care of the things in the temple. And he himself, he, 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 he made the same decision. He said, I, I'm not going to get around that guy. He was a religious man, but he didn't have any love for God. If he loved God, he would have tried to reach out to a man. Now, I'm not saying that you need to stop and drop coins in, a, in every bucket of every man that's standing on the corners in Bowling Green. I don't do that. Uh, that's not, in my opinion, that's not, that's not helping. Uh, but this guy, this, this guy, he, hadn't, he didn't love his neighbor. And he could use the same excuses as the priest. But Jesus said there was another guy that came along, a, a Samaritan. Uh, this guy was a hated man. He was the scum of the earth. Jews had nothing to do with, uh, with the Samaritans. They, uh, they, they, they turned their back on the Samaritans. Uh, there would be a settlement of Samaritans and, and the Jews would walk around. Uh, they, they, would, they would not mix at all with the Samaritans. In John 8, 48, uh, the Jews were talking to Jesus and, and uh, they were trying to, trying to put Jesus in his place. And uh, they said, uh, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? <laughs> Think with me. Uh, this literally happened. Can you imagine someone telling Jesus that he has a demon? That uh, you're a Samaritan and you're demon-possessed. You're filled with a demon. That is, that is as, as, as low as you can strike a man with. The first two men ask, what will happen if I go and assist this man? What's going to happen to me? The Samaritan asks, What will happen to me if I don't go? He had it in his heart that he had to go. So Jesus said, This man went to the, to the wounded, took oil, and, uh, and wine and treated him, took clothes off of his own back and put it on this man because this man had been robbed of his clothes, knelt down, helped him with the healing, put the oil to soothe the wound, took the wine, sort of a, a sedation, and, and to calm the man down. I don't know whether wine calms you down or not or, or stirs you up, but, but, but he, 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 he gave the guy some, some oil and, and some wine. Uh, 
put his clothes around him and put him on his beast, probably a donkey, and uh, took him to an inn. This was not an inn like the Holiday Inn Express or, or any other inn. It was, it was just a, a real rugged place where travelers could stay. He took him there and stayed with him all night uh, just to take care of him. Had a real heart for this guy. Took care of him and the next morning he started to leave and he got the innkeeper and gave him two denarii. That was two days wages, I believe. And uh, said, look, I'm going to leave him here with you. You take care of him. And uh, if, 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 if there's any need when I come back through, I'll, I'll take care of that. Had a heart for the guy. Took him in. I, I got took just before we came up here from, with this guy. He was slick. I, listen, I, I've helped a lot of guys, and I've been taken. But this, this guy was the slickest guy that I've ever met. Uh, I received a phone call. This phone call said, y'all got a minute? Do you have a minute? Okay. <laughs> uh, this, this guy said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in Houston. And uh, that was just after the flood there. I, I'm, I'm in Houston, and I've got a friend that's in the hospital over in Memphis. He's at Baptist East Hospital. And uh, if you could, if you could just help him, I'm going to get some help there to him soon. I'm a, I'm a retired preacher, and, but uh, things here, I got, got some flooding. And, and, uh, but you go, if, if you will, just go over there and, and see if you can help him. I went over there and I went in and here was a man and his wife sitting out in the waiting room. They told me who they were and asked if I got a call from a pastor in Houston. And I said, yeah. So I took this guy and took him to a hotel. Uh, the next day I got him a job. He was a mechanic, he said, but he had left his tools back in Houston. Uh, I gave him an old pickup truck to drive. He sold my truck. And, and he, he really, he called me from the hospital, told me he was a guy in Houston to go over there. I mean, and he did not just me, but he, did, he, he hit other churches like that. So you've got to be careful who you help. Uh, I finally got my truck and got a little money out of it afterwards, but... Uh, this guy, this guy left. Not long ago, I don't know how many years, but they found a, a board, a wooden board in that area. And on that board, the archaeologists discovered on that board was uh, the, the, the cost of a night's stay in inns like that. And... Uh, and it was uh, one thirty-second of a denarii. So this, this guy left, he had a heart for God. This guy left enough money 
for two months for that guy. And just said, if you, you know, if, if, if you need anything else, when I come back through, I'll take care of it. That's lavish love. I mean, that's lavish love. That's, that's ultimate attention. That's loving your neighbor. He's practicing what Jesus said that we had to do and what God's Word says in Deuteronomy and Leviticus that, that we had to do. He loves this man as he loves himself. Lavish, limitless love. But who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? This really isn't about who is my neighbor. It's really about, am I a neighbor? Am I really a neighbor? Uh, Not who is my neighbor, but am I a neighbor? I, I appreciate what has been going on here and the fact that we're to get to know our neighbors and Pastor Ben is pushing that. The parable that he's dealing with is the question, what am I to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, we're to love perfectly. Can I love perfectly? The greatest commandment, as we know from Matthew, is that we're to love the Lord with all of our heart. With all of our heart. And we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. I can't do that. I fall short. I need the grace of God all over my life. This week I, I, I realized more than ever that I, I really need God's grace. Because I, I can't love without the grace of God. And I choose sometimes my neighbors. I think even in church, if we're not careful, we'll choose our neighbors. We'll get our little group, our little holy huddle. And, and I know that we can't know everyone. I haven't been here long enough to, I know your faces. I don't have a clue what your name is. I remember, I, I forget Brenda sometimes. And uh, I'm serious. Uh, but I, I need, well, I, I want to love. That's, I want to. I, I do, but not like I ought to. And I, I think we have to be, be honest with ourselves.
we have to ask God to forgive us of not loving like we ought to. Not taking advantage of the opportunity of speaking to others about Christ. You, you, see, you just have to go back and see that this parable comes from the question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And we're to share with others how they can inherit eternal life. Most of us can go back, I think, if we're believers, we can go back to the person who influenced us the most in coming to know Christ. Can you name the person, could you name the person tonight that really influenced you to come to Christ? Several did me, they they prayed for me, prayed me out of sin and uh, into the kingdom of God. But my neighbor, my next door neighbor down the road by the name of Chester Harrison, my pastor, Harris Counts, those two, more than any other men, influenced me to become a believer. Who, who had more influence on you than anyone else? Who wants to share? Now, I know you didn't just wake up one morning without somebody impacting your life and think, well, I'm going to get saved today. Miss Brenda said one. Oh, Brenda's oldest sister, Fran. Your grandmother. Well, we, we need, you and I need, we need to know that, that we're to influence as we were influenced. We're to go to that neighbor and we're to influence. I, uh, I listened to a, to a song this afternoon and shared it with Miss Brenda and I, I, I have to say I was not even familiar with this guy. Uh, Miss Brenda was and then I remember hearing another song, but this spoke to me, and we're going to close with it. Uh, I hope it speaks to you. Uh, well, we need to know that we've been forgiven and that we're clean, that we can influence others and that if there are broken relationships, uh, those relationships need to be restored. We need to 
have an influence on others. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for your word. I can't imagine a young scribe, a young religious fanatic standing before you and with a curt voice asking you, well, who is my neighbor? Who do you think my neighbor is? Or standing before you and calling you a Samaritan and a demon-possessed one. Oh God, I, I, I pray that my attitude would never, 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 never be like that towards you. Lord, I know that I don't love you nor my neighbor as I ought. And I pray for forgiveness. I pray you would give me grace to love like you want me to love. That there would not be anyone that I have not forgiven. Lord, that I would be clean pure and holy in Jesus name Amen Oh, mm-hmm.
could have been six feet under I could have been lost forever Yeah, I should be in that fire But now there's fire inside of me Here I am, a dead man walking No grave gonna hold God's peace 